Welcome to the Pinch to Zoom podcast. My name is Stetson. And my name is also Stetson. What? Plot twist. We have two Stetsons with no, us here today. Sorry, gotcha. Second Stetson. My name's actually Gabe. And this oh. is the Pinch to Zoom podcast. What do we have up for today, Stetson? Today, we are talking about travel technology, the essential items for taking you from the United States to anywhere else within the United States, to outside, to other countries, between countries. And the stuff that's also not essential and, you know, it's just kind of nice to have. Nice to have. Or or things you just don't need, flat out don't need altogether. Yeah, throw them out of the plane right now if you're in a plane listening to this and it's in your luggage. Well, may, okay, maybe don't do that. Yeah, that's probably not a great Opening idea. Opening the emergency exit doors while in flight is generally frowned upon. It. I, I have heard that it's frowned upon. Um, and you definitely want to make sure your seatbelt is fastened while you're performing that maneuver. Otherwise, you could get sucked out. So Yeah, like there was that plane where like a panel ripped off and someone got sucked right to the, like, the edge of the plane and they had to like... That's scary. Yeah, because the That's pressure scary. difference. Anyway, I think we should start this off with our favorite segment. Quick news, quick news, quick news, quick news. No, we have to talk about who we're not sponsored by, Stetson, of course. Oh. I think we should um, introduce it's very, our not sponsored. It's very sponsored. important, you know, because these are the people who are not sponsoring us or the things that right. are not sponsoring us. For new listeners, this segment works where we have a shot clock, 30 seconds to talk about an item, a company, a product we are not sponsored by because we, we don't have advertisers and we're not making any revenue off of this. Um, but we thought it would be, a, you know, we still have products we like and we want to share them. Yeah, so... You can, this is our honest opinions, our honest, straight from our lives. Stetson, you went first last time. I'll go first this time. Fire it up whenever you're ready. Clock. Actually, I, I can't. Oh, I don't know how to get no. 30 seconds on an iPhone, so I'm just, just going to hit start, and then right. I'll just let you know when you're up. That works. Ready? And Begin. I can go. I'd like to say that we're not sponsored by Rode Mics. Yes, we're recording this on Rode Mics, and we both own uh, a couple Rode Mics. But the thing, honestly, yeah, they make good microphones. But the best thing about them is their customer service and support. They really stand behind their products. They offer a 10-year warranty, and they will get back to you and replace stuff even you know a year or two after you've bought the product if it's just a minor cable or something. So if you need a microphone, check out Rode Mics. They got your back. Well timed, 30 seconds. Boom. Well done. It's like I planned it out. All right, Stetson. Yeah. Was that scripted? Uh, no, that was most definitely not scripted because I don't do that sort of preparation. Okay. So. Are you ready? I got the, Gabe, the timer I'm, ready I'm for so you. I'm so ready. I actually have to think of a problem. You hit go, and I'll grab the nearest thing to me. Oh, boy. This is going to just go great. And here we go. I'm ready. I'm ready. Three, two, Stetson, you're on. All right. Here, here we go. You work hard. You deserve to be rewarded. I have with me here the bright, crisp, red, smooth, staples, easy button. Reward yourself with satisfaction and accomplishment. You did work, and it was... Oh my god, the bat the batteries are corroded. Oh, oh my god. god. Um yeah, so so staples. Life is easy. It's a great button. You work hard, you deserve it. Change the batteries. Sponsored by change or not sponsored by changing batteries, I think is what that's <laughs> not sponsored by. I, I really like Energizer for anyone out there. Energizer recharge. Though I will use. say, uh going a non brand name battery is often a good way to save money <laughs> and they're you know, they're pretty identical. Energizer and uh, what's the other brand? I don't even know. Duracell. Uh, Duracell. Yeah, they both. Yeah, they might be slightly better, but it's amazing how much cheaper non-brand name batteries are. Like the uh, 
Best Buy's insignia or, you know, Walmart brand batteries. My, I More mean, rechargeable my thing, is just the way to go, honestly. Yeah, my thing is, like, get yourself a nice set of rechargeable batteries and you're basically set. Like, that's yeah. what I've done. It's worked for me. It'll work for you. That is our not sponsored segment. Now we're moving on to quick news, quick news, quick news, quick news, quick news, quick news. First up, uh, we're going to talk about E3, just a quick follow-up, because on our last episode, we did mention that E3 was right around the corner. There, As in, like, immediately after we yeah, stopped recording. Or, yeah, exactly. Pretty much. Uh, there unfortunately wasn't too much as far as substance and really big groundbreaking announcements as far as EA is concerned, or E3, not EA. Well, also as far as e- EA, e- EA was at E3. Yeah. And wow, there's too many of those similar names. Uh, and yeah, EA talked about, you know, their new uh, Star Wars game wasn't too groundbreaking. The biggest thing, honestly, was Cyberpunk 2077 by Microsoft and Keanu Reeves coming out on stage. That got the whole uh, crowd going. Look up the meme. No, you're beautiful. Uh, and you'll, yeah, you'll. You'll get a chuckle out of you'll that. You'll get a chuckle. Keanu Reeves is really just a special human being. Uh, really supposedly great to be around and actually down to earth human. So that was. Sweet. So so okay, what else did we see at E3 besides Keanu Reeves? Uh, not much, honestly. It was pretty much just a. Keanu Reeves is that's all we got from E3. No, there was uh, Project Scarlet from Microsoft, which is their next gen console. They really, it's not coming out till 2020, so we didn't wow. get. They 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 pre-announce something that's yeah like right a year out in development. What are they doing? I honestly am not quite sure. I think they both because you know Sony has come out and announced some like introductory like like hinting at specs for their PS5, which is their next gen console. They're kind of, it's this war of like, oh, this is what we're going to do. Oh, this is what we're going to do to try to already start winning market share of products that aren't released yet. So it's, I I don't know how beneficial it is, but it's exciting to look at. It looks like that it's going to support 8K gaming, frame rates up to 120 FPS, and Microsoft's going all in on SSD, which honestly is a pretty awesome thing because way better to have SSD than a hard drive. Absolutely. SSDs, they tremendously speed up the performance of computers. I'm excited to see them coming to consoles, even though we're both not huge gamers. Um, but I do think gamer, game enthusiasts and gamers uh, will really enjoy both of these consoles once they do become official. But Gabe, how do you how do you feel about pre-announcing something? It would be like if we heard about the new iPhone now... And we heard about the new Samsung phone now, but they weren't out until the fall. Well, one could say we kind of do because all the leaks and rumors that I honestly think Apple and Samsung are just happy to, you know, play into. But I think yeah, their marketing, their marketing teams just sit back and do really nothing. it is. That's all all the free press they need right there. But I do think it's a little different because uh, cell phone and smartphone cycles are yearly, whereas uh, video game consoles are actually of anything they're one of the longest refresh cycles even more than like cam i mean even further out than cameras and drones and microphones even like it's like usually like five to seven years between console versions absolutely i think you're right will these new consoles deter any gamers from buying the current systems that are out on the market uh, that's really possibly but if you're looking at buying a new system, you're most likely going to just want it now. 
Uh, because also, like I said, it's, it's such a long refresh cycle that if you buy something now, you know that it's going to still be good, even if they release the next-gen console, that the one that you buy now is going to still be good for you know five to ten years. And if you do decide to get the new consoles, you'll be happy to know they are backwards compatible, so you can enjoy games now and then upgrade down the road. So, Yep, that's, that's also a good thing. Uh, and for, for Halo fans, they also did announce, announce Halo Infinite. Uh, which is going to be launching al- alongside Project Scarlet in 2020. So still a long ways out, but I know there are a lot of Halo fans out there. Uh, I wasn't one of them. I'm not against it, but I just not a big uh, third-person shooter type fan. You mean first-person shooter? First-person. I... No, it is first-person. You're both. right, yeah. I think you, yeah, you can. can. Wow, we are really... Let's, We're let's out. move on to the next Moving thing. Moving on. Uh, the next thing is the used... Tesla Model 3s are now for sale. Stetson, that sounds like a pretty good deal, is it? It, it sounds like a good deal, but uh, remarkably, unlike other cars we're seeing on the market, Tesla is proving to hold their value actually better than a lot of other vehicles. So uh, it's great that used cars are available. The Tesla Model 3 is still expensive, and I'm seeing used prices starting at around $40,000. So that's around the base price for a new Model 3. Uh, just depends what kind of specs you're looking for and, and what your specific build is going to be. Well, okay, so that's good and bad for people looking to buy a Model 3 because it means if you buy a Model 3, I probably just peaked my mic right there. I was so excited. If you buy a Model 3, uh, you know that it's going to hold its value. But also, if you want to buy a Model 3 and you don't quite have enough to buy a new one, not going to save you much to buy a used one. I think what's interesting to me is the pricing between a used Model S and uh, some of these Model 3s are actually getting quite similar depending on how many miles the Model S has. I think it's a very interesting market. You kind of have more options to choose from uh, depending on what your budget is. And certainly the prices are coming down, which is great for people who are looking for more affordable electric vehicles, specifically Teslas. Yeah, and you, you mentioned the Model S there. I think I also saw that uh, there were some Model S and Model Xs spotted that look to be slightly different from the current ones, and people are speculating that there are refreshes around the corner of both the Model S and the Model X, which would be, make sense because it's been a while since those were released, and since then, now the Model 3, uh, completely specced out, almost is better than a Model S because it has like the newer tech, all the uh, you know better screens and stuff like that. Yeah, that really wouldn't surprise me at all. The one thing I will say is making changes to the manufacturing process can potentially slow down production. I think it's something Tesla's going to have to handle carefully. But like you said, Gabe, I mean, the Model 3 spec'd out does come packed and loaded with the newest technology. It makes sense that Tesla would want to update their more premium vehicles to reflect changes in the industry and the market and what they're able to provide. All right, so moving on, we have... DJI released a new product. Oh my God, Gabe! I know wh- what. What is this product? So and DJI, unfortunately, they make drones. They make it cameras. It is not a product that I have pre-ordered or ordered at what? all. Gabe, wh- I will I'm so go on the surprised. record of saying I have ordered and I own probably out of the last ten products DJI has released. I think I own eight or nine of them. And, and ladies and gentlemen, he is looking around his room right now, I'm, spotting I'm a, each. I'm a. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a I'm a, you know, dignified or not dignified, certified, uh, and a dignified, I'm pretty dignified. 
I'm a certified DJI fanboy, you can say. I that like everything they released. material right there. I know. I'm sorry. But unfortunately, this one, they don't got me because they released... It is a drone, but it's called the RoboMaster S1, and it's kind of like a battle bot designed to drive around and, you know, either have battles with your friends where you, you know, shoot invisible infrared beams at, beams at their robots, or you shoot actual little gel pellets at their robots. So it's like nerf nerf but yeah. for robots. It's kind of there's DJI has an annual RoboMaster robotics competition where they had um you know teams come together of usually like high school students or so and they'd build, you know, their own robots, you know, program them, you know, design them and stuff. So this is kind of meant to get into the education sector, which is definitely a big sector you see google microsoft apple all make moves towards that uh sector in that area but yeah i obviously this i'm not in that area really so it doesn't appeal much to me it does have fpv um you know camera on board uh it has four-wheel drive but yeah i not not something that does it for me uh maybe if you're into robotics or you know into coding and stuff like that you might be into this but uh, for $500, it's a pass for me. It it does seem fascinating that it is more geared towards education. The robot itself actually comes disassembled. It's like you're buying a grown-up Lego kit. You actually have to take these parts, follow the instructions, and build your robot before you can use it. And you know, as you mentioned, Gabe, you can choose to add custom code, I believe using Python and maybe some other languages. Yeah, I think scratch and- coding. And this can enhance your robot's features and functionality. It's a really cool project. I could see this for anyone who's into coding or uh, robotics or that industry, maybe something to check out. And in terms of the physical robot itself, I think this thing is freaking cool. It's, it's imagine your car, right? It's parked in the driveway. Normally people go forward or backwards. The way this robot is designed, the wheels, it, it basically can just shoot sideways. I recommend checking out some videos on YouTube of the DJI RoboMaster S1 rolling around. It is bananas how this thing can maneuver, e- even if you're not going to get it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's all right. I'm 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 less pleased with it because I like the more creative tools that DJI releases. And this is more of a, you know, the computer uh, space and like the coding space and for people looking to get into uh, technology and that like actually the more functional aspects of it. So, but yeah, it's, it's, Hey, it's them going into a different field, but it really marks, uh, the last three products, I guess that DJI release have all been non drones and there doesn't look to be anything on the horizon of them releasing any new aerial platforms in this year. Possibly there's a rumor that they might, we might not see any new drones out from them until 2020 because they released or announced their, uh, upcoming uh integration or system platform called AirSense which would allow pilots of drones to be able to see oh there's a helicopter flying nearby I should stay out of the way of that or oh there's a uh, plane coming in you know and also the reverse it would allow planes or helicopters to view uh the DJI drones on their radar maps I'm pretty sure and with that announcement they said every new drone we release after uh 2020 will have this integrated why would they say that if they were going to still release it you know that would kind of undercut the announcement if then they release a drone in 2019 that doesn't have it doesn't yeah that doesn't have these features 
that would seem uh, somewhat unreasonable. I heard, are they planning to release the Mavic Air 2? I mean, there's been rumors around that and also the Spark 2, and it could make sense if that didn't have this air sense because both of those drones are aimed more at consumers, beginners, and just recreational flyers rather than professionals. So I could see that, and they're both, you know, under a 1,000. We'll have to see, really. I mean, I would bet that they'd release it either in late July or August because you want to have it out for the holiday season, and you also want to release it and still give people time to fly it in summer or fall in North America. Right. It's where the weather's nice. It's probably where a huge a percentage of DJI's market is, and they want to be able to capitalize off of that. Yeah, but um, this is quick news, so we're moving on next. Uh, Apple has now committed to supposedly using OLED displays on more of their devices, Setson. Yes, I, I put this one in. So what's happening is Apple has a contractual agreement with Samsung. Samsung's manufacturing. Wait, why? Because so, this, this, these are Apple devices. Stop talking about Samsung. Samsung manufactures the OLED displays that are in your iPhone. That's, I know, isn't that, I always thought that was the craziest thing, that Samsung, Apple's competitor in the smartphone space, makes both the screens and, and I think a couple other parts they used to make. They, they, so they make SSDs in the MacBook Pros. They make a few other things. It's a very fascinating agreement. But what's happening here is Apple said, hey, we're going to need this many OLED displays. And I think at the beginning uh, or, or towards the fall when the new iPhones came out, you probably saw like the numbers weren't there. Apple wasn't selling as many as they were expecting. So basically, Apple needs to, they agreed to purchase a certain number of OLED displays from Samsung and they didn't meet their quota. So to meet this quota, they're simply going to start putting these OLED displays in more of their devices. This could include iPads and their laptops, the MacBook Pros, MacBook Airs, and MacBooks uh, that they're selling. So we All can right, see so I'm these. chucking out my MacBook Pro. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's right, Gabe. Expect it to be outdated. Now, we, we really don't know for sure, but uh, this is, I think, reasonably plausible uh, given the agreement that Apple has with Samsung and um, you know the new advances in technology that we're making with OLED displays and kind of the high contrast and vibrancy that they're making. Yeah, that, I mean, I, I like the look of OLED displays. Not everyone is on board with them, but uh, that'll be interesting. It's a funny way that we're getting OLED uh, screens and more Apple devices through this kind of like weird contractual uh, business deal that they had. I think we'll see it in all the new iPhones they released this fall. We'll probably see the end of the LCD displays um, but yeah, that would make sense to me. And, you know, I think I think the displays are great. So well, speaking about it. smartphones and stuff like that, one thing we had just released an app is Wizards Unite, which might be like, this is weird, right? Gabe, this is weird. Yeah. Uh, well, it if you can think of, can you think of any famous boy wizard? Well, you know, there was this guy, I, I, you know, I'm struggling. He had a scar on his forehead, I want to say. Yeah, and, yeah, I, and, think you're, um, I think you're close. God, I'm just thinking like... Merlin, he, you're right. Yep, exactly. Merlin. Merlin. No, Harry Potter. Uh, you might remember Pokemon Go released about two years back by this company called Niantic. Actually, three years back, I think now. Uh, this is now the follow-up game to that. And it's based around where Pokemon Go is based around Pokemon. This is based around the Harry Potter world. And so, yeah, it's a similar game. Uh, it's based on the uh, the p points of interest of their popular game, Ingress. So, you know, churches, 
post offices, landmarks, stuff like that. And I don't know. It's not as good as Pokemon Go. I downloaded it yesterday or the day before and started playing it. It's not as appealing, you know, not as cute animations and stuff like that. But if you really like Harry Potter and are looking for something to play on your phone and get you out walking around enjoying the summer weather, this is kind of a fun thing to mess around with. Uh, yeah, that's about it for that. That's yeah, that I mean, it sounds interesting. I know I will not be getting it, but oh man, I'm, I'm glad it's, it's out. There. Give it a chance. Get out there. You have to get go uh, uh, expecto Patronus. Yeah, wait, what do you what do you do in Pokemon Go? You catch Pokemon. You, I think it's something that I'm not really sure. Honestly, I'm so confused. Uh, it's <laughs> New something, player. It's something to do with, for with like uh, undoing con- confundables or something like that. And like I don't know. It's yeah. You're going around and you find these these monsters or these charmed things, and you instead of uh, throwing a Pokeball, you have to drag your finger on the screen and the to follow the path to uh, cast the spell correctly. Uh, it's yeah, it's not not as appealing, but hey, it's I always like kind of real world interactive games, and it gives an idea of what once AR takes off, what games might possibly look like. I think this company is doing a great job showcasing the future of AR and its potential and some of its capabilities, and I think we'll see it become more and more refined in the future. And the last thing in quick news, quick news, quick news, quick news is another medium format camera. Gabe, weren't weren't we just talking about this? Well, we were talking about the Fujifilm, the 100 uh, megapixel camera. This one is a 50 megapixel camera from Hasselblad, which actually coincidentally is owned uh, partially by DJI, but this has nothing to do with DJI. This is called the X1D2, so it's the second one, and it's a medium format sensor with, as I said, 50 megapixels. This is a really high quality camera. And Gabe, what what makes Hasselblad so great? Like, why would DJI want to take partial ownership in a camera company? It's really their lenses that people really go crazy over. And honestly, just the general design of their cameras. Their cameras have a premium feel, which really you, you just can't find anywhere else in any cameras. Unfortunately, you pay for it. Uh heavily this is a five thousand dollar camera at least uh and a five thousand dollar lens you can get to go with it so yeah not for the faint of you're, heart you're paying about eleven eleven thousand five hundred yes to get the camera body and one lens for and this camera. it but it does shoot 16 bit color and 14 stop dynamic range which is pretty huge uh it also has dual sd slots and uh, a nice touch screen on the back, which is good that they're modernizing it. I think this is going to be a great camera for the few professionals who are looking for this. Definitely for photography, not yeah, not a video it's, camera. It's for photo, and I think it's going to perform great for that if you have that $11,000 just kind of lying around. Yep. Uh, yeah, just go buy a nice medium format camera. But Gabe, the, I think it's time. They're we probably pack not our bags. They're probably not the best actually that, to bring on a trip. Most likely, a medium format camera. You're probably right. Because it's expensive. Expensive. They're kind of bulky because they do have that larger sensor. Even the smaller it's ones. Huge. So, what would you think is a good camera uh, to bring with you when you go traveling? Uh, so, so I, I have a couple different thoughts on this. First is I think most obviously your cell phone. Yeah, right. that's. I mean, you, I mean, I think most people are going to bring that anyway. So 
boom, you already have a really good camera. You have a great cell phone cameras have been getting so great over these past few years. And honestly, it's portable. You have it with you. It's really good. The one thing I will say is I was testing out a wide angle lens from Rhino Shield and also from Sandmark. And I think, you know, if you have a new camera, a new phone, excuse me, like the Galaxy S10, that's got three lenses built into it, wide, regular, telephoto. That is awesome for capturing all the different moments. If you're like me, you're stuck with an iPhone XS, only has a dual lens system right now. Oh, Stetson, Getting... that is pathetic. Get out I know, of here. this is so 2018, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> I should just throw this thing out. Really? Anyway, if, if you want to get a wider range of shots, I really think getting a wide angle lens for your phone is a reasonable option. They're only like a hundred bucks and I I used it quite a lot. It was great for landscapes and surprisingly for selfies. You can now, instead of using the lower quality front facing camera, you can flip your phone around, use that wide angle lens and be sure to get you and everyone else in the frame with that selfie shot. So I, I think, you know, that's what I was using on the go. I had my iPhone, I had my wide angle lens and I think it really helped me kind of capture all the different moments while I was traveling. Yeah, I agree that uh, smartphones are pretty good. And, you know, like you said, you know, there's, I know there's also Moment makes very good lenses. You know, there's, you can get even telephoto lenses or macro lenses. So plenty of options there. But personally, you mentioned wide angle. And I really think GoPros are a good travel camera. Now, I know we've been over for, you aren't a fan of action cameras. You're not a fan of GoPros. And... You know, that's a personal thing. I know plenty of people who just hate the look of the GoPro fisheye lens. But when I'm traveling, I also oftentimes need to be on my phone. I need to be, you know, oh, getting directions, you know, checking this, checking that, whatever it is, you know, booking flights. So I don't really want to have to be, if I set up a time lapse or something, have to be using my phone. Uh, GoPros are nice because they're a dedicated camera that's small, rugged, very versatile, and of very good quality you know, and connects easily to your phone. So if you don't have a laptop or a computer, you can still connect it to your phone, transfer the images, share them over social media. And yeah, they're, they're going to look good. And, you know, it's going to be able to do everything from swimming underwater to, you know, taking a time lapse of the night sky. Gabe, I have a question for you. Are you using your GoPro for video or for photo? I use it for both, but it definitely, I think, shines uh, more with video I think, I don't know, it, it goes back and forth. You can use it for both, really, but ultimately, it's, I think, just a fun tool to have uh, if you're doing anything that, you know, is somewhat active, whether it's biking, you know, paragliding, uh, just hanging out at the beach, you know. It, it's easy to chuck in a bag. You don't have to worry about it getting wet or something or getting damaged. It's very rugged. And yeah, it, they're they really, with the Hero 7, GoPro has pretty much reach the perfection of the action camera. I think that's a, those are great points. You, you know, it's so portable. You can just throw it in there. Um, all right. So my question for you is I saw I was just traveling in you know, Sweden, Denmark, Iceland. I saw a lot of different people with their solutions for capturing images. And a lot of people had selfie sticks, both with their phones and with GoPros. Gabe, what is your take on selfie sticks? Are these worth it? Is this something people should be traveling with? What What are your thoughts on the selfie stick invention? I really 
am not a fan of Celsius Six. I'm sorry. I think that they oh they just scream tourist. And honestly, a lot of places have actually like concerts and venues have banned them. I'm pretty sure Disneyland actually banned them. Not positive about that. Don't fact check me. But I know Lollapalooza banned them. Uh, Pokemon Go Fest banned them. So yeah, they're becoming very unpopular. Museums have banned them because people have knocked over stuff, taking selfies. Like, yeah, they're they're just obnoxious. I think they're and they're also so 2014, 2015. Really, either get a wide angle lens so you can just hold it out with your arm, and take a photo, or get uh you know a tripod that you can set up like a Joby tripod, take a timed photo. Or last but not least, go the old school way and just ask someone there to take a photo of you. Uh, and make sure to ask someone who doesn't look like they can run fast so if they do try to steal your phone or your camera that you can easily catch them. I think those are excellent points and I, I just wholeheartedly agree. I, the selfie stick isn't, it's not where it's at. I think it looks ridiculous. It's goofy. And not only that, you're taking all of your, your photos, you're capturing all these memorable moments with that lower quality front-facing camera, I really think getting someone to take a photo of you with that rear-facing camera, which is significantly higher quality on your phone or you know on your GoPro, I think that that's worth it. You know, a little bit of human connection, you'll get that better image. Or I was using the wide-angle lenses on my trip, just held my arm out, and that was plenty of space to capture everything yeah, in the just, moment. Just so. think about growing, like when you go to bed each night, just think my arms will get longer, my arms will get longer, and eventually your arms will grow out long enough so you can be like Elastic Woman or someone like that and just boom, just get a you know a drone shot with your arms. And it's more portable. Your arm is with you at all times. You can't forget well, it. Oh, no, I, for, I forgot mine when I took that last trip uh, actually to New York City. Okay, so maybe set a reminder or, yeah. or maybe get like a tile and, and track it. But or, they're pretty yeah. great. Um, like sometimes I find if I if I tie my arms together, like I I won't forget one. Right, I'll remember both of them. So that's that's, that's good. one good so, way. So you know, you'll if you have one, then you'll have the other one. Yeah, exactly. Or just that's, make sure to recharge your batteries though on your arms too. Th- uh, those but, are great. But speaking of recharging, actually, one thing I think is really essential for traveling is a USB battery pack. The, I whole that's about agree. it. I don't think I don't think that's, you could disagree. It's. This is this is it. If you don't have one of these, what are you doing? You should be buying one. Yeah. Now they come in a variety of sizes. Uh, if you're new to them, they come. They measure them in milliamp hours. It's mAh. Uh, Five thousand. What is like? What is like? What does that mean for me? Basically, your uh, phone that you have in your pocket is anywhere from like three thousand to four thousand, most likely. So if you buy a battery pack that's five thousand, that means you can recharge your phone about one and a half times. And that's about the entry level for these battery packs. Uh, a higher one, like a 20,000 one, will run you most likely like anywhere from like 40 to $60 and, you know, can recharge your phone several times and also possibly recharge a camera, uh, iPad, stuff like that. This is, this is an absolute essential, I think, while traveling. You definitely want to be careful about which one you go for. Being able to recharge your phone six or eight times with a 22,000 milliamp hour battery is great. It is kind of heavy, and you're going to want to be careful with that. Um, and personally, I own a battery pack from Rav Power. That's yeah. worked really great for Rav me. Rav Power is pretty good. Anchor is another popular brand. Uh, as we mentioned before, Nimble, if you want to go a more greener option. They're a little more expensive, but they're made all from recycled plastic and like better for the earth. So, yeah, help Check your consciousness out. out. Uh, they're great. They'll, you'll, you'll guarantee 
use it on your next trip. One thing from Anchor I have found that's especially nice for traveling is they have, I can't remember what it's called, which would be very helpful uh, for this podcast so that you could actually look it up. But it, it is basically like a USB adapter to plug into the wall, but it also has a battery pack built in. So, you know, you plug it in, plug your device into charge like you would from the wall. While it's charging, it's also charging up the battery pack in that USB power adapter. And then when you're ready to go, you can just take, unplug it out and your phone keep charging or you can just save it for another time. It's really great. And, you know, kind of on this charging theme, I would suggest considering a quick charger. When you're traveling, you don't want to spend time waiting for your phone to charge. Having a quick charger means you can get juiced up faster, be ready to go, and you'll probably be doing a lot of navigating and things that drain your battery. So being able to get juiced up quickly, I think, saves time and will just help you um, experience, have more time what to experience What do you mean by quick charger, just for people so, who don't know? So basically, phones these days are coming uh, with the ability to be quick charged or fast charged. There's different language for it. And what this means is instead of using the the charging brick that came in the box, uh, you can get either special battery banks or special power bricks that are a larger wattage. So you typically get like a five watt power brick. You can instead get a 30 watt power brick and it'll charge your phone from zero to 50% in like 15 to 30 minutes. The only thing is you do want to be careful to make sure your phone can support it. Uh, I know like a more conservative one is like possibly like a 12 to 18, uh, you know, watt power brick. That's most phones can still handle that even if they aren't the, you know, the fastest charging phones. So just, yeah, look at your, what your, the phone's manufacturer says about it. Uh, so you're not like hurting your battery or possibly causing a fire. This is true. You don't want to cause any fires. Especially um, when you're on an airplane, unless you're or unless you're like going that. to actually, you need to start a fire for like camping trip. Oh, the, yeah, maybe you're. Camping. I recommend I recommend grabbing a, you know, a, a sixty watt uh, iPhone uh, iPad charger, and just actually cutting the cord nicely, um, and then just sparking the two uh, wires together. It's beautiful, nice smoke, uh, it's like that melting plastic smell, and then boom, you got a fire instantly. That yeah, that's a classic way. Um, I, I have some friends who've actually used the Galaxy Note 7. You can find those for, for pretty cheap these oh, days. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it's like a one-time use. So you're not getting a whole lot of value out of it. But Those are an amazing fire starter. Though. I mean, the, the display of fireworks you get when you're just lighting that fire is, is something else, something I've never seen before. Yeah, really um, no smartphone has come with quite as good of an ability to start a fire. And that's kind of surprising. I, I'm surprised they didn't use that in their marketing materials more. I, maybe I missed it, but... Um, Survival it, kit, like, yeah, package it in. It's great. It's been working well for that. Well, jokes aside, yeah, hopefully no one is still using a Samsung Note 7. Otherwise, wow, I'm, I'm props to you that you haven't caught on fire yet. Uh, You've got courage. We've talked a lot about, uh, you know, cables, traveling, you know, charging stuff. What do you carry all this in, for one? So uh, this is a great question. I have two ideas around this. One, plastic bags. The reason there you can see what cable is in which bag no. and, and prevents them from tangling. What I actually use, I do okay. use plastic bags Good. for like organizing my stuff at home. But for traveling, I have this old headphone case. It's on, it's on the floor beside me. Audio-Technica, it's like a hard shell headphone case. Um, headphones broke, so I threw those out. But the case was still good, and I literally just chuck everything in there. This way, everything is contained, 
It's not in different parts of my bag, like sprawling out or getting lost or misplaced. It, everything has a home. It can just go in there, and I know where it is. It's like a it's like a dedicated little bag for all my charging gear. What what do you use, Gabe? I personally am a big fan of these little. They have them at Staples, uh, sometimes in the tech departments at uh, like Target. They're kind of like little, you know, like coin purses. So they're okay. kind of like that where they have that opening where you pinch it in from the sides and it opens up. But usually they're cloth and maybe like four inches by four inches or something like that. I use stuff like that to put my cables in. Also, the company Peak Design has some really nice uh, tech pouches or camera pouches or stuff, little pouches for packing and traveling that are perfect for putting wires in. So look at different, uh, you know, brands out there that make bags and you can often find more and more because they know people are having to carry a lot of uh, technology and, you know, wires with them that more and more they're making these smaller packable things that you can put stuff in so that you can easily know, oh, you know, here's all my wires instead of where are all my wires? You know, oh, one's over here, one's over there, one's wrapped around that tree over there. Like, yeah. So so my question uh, for these little pinch pouches, do you have one per cable or are you just kind of like stuffing as many as you can in one of these I pouches? G- I generally will try to uh, put a couple of like, all right, if I need like two or three lightning cables, I'll put them in one and then I'll have, all right, or this is like all my cables for my phones and like mobile devices. Here's all my cables for my cameras. So I kind of divide them up a little bit, but it's more just so they're grouped together and not like every which way. The grouping is the strategy wholeheartedly agree. And I, I had no idea Peak Design had those. You know, I considered checking those out. Um, I think they're they're a pretty good company. So Gabe, you have all these cables and you have all our stuff. Got to put them in a bag. What what bags are you using while you travel? I I mean, we're already on Peak Design, so let's stay there for now. I like their messenger bag. You have their backpack. They're a very, if you want to talk about good company, they're, you know, uh, donate 1% back to the earth. They stand behind their product like road where they're, uh, I don't know what their warranty is, but it's like at least five years. I think it's strong it's, warranty period. Yeah, yeah. It's there. It's one of those products. Yes. It's more expensive, but every person I've seen using the, their bags out in the wild, quote unquote, wild the wilderness out. And oh, here we go. We've got a rogue, a uh, rogue user camera uh, photographer. Oh, and what is he? He's sporting a peak design bag. You don't see many like these out here today. No, but you actually don't. I've seen more and more as they've gotten more popular and people have started to realize, yeah, they might be, you know, $250 for a backpack or a, you know, messenger bag, but that's going to last you rather than maybe a year. That's that could last you three or four years, five years, possibly 10. You're, you're buying a product to last. What I love about peak design too, is they're designed with photographers and filmmakers in mind. So they have dedicated spots to fit your camera if you choose to bring a dedicated point and shoot. But their bags are also flexible. They have a modular system. So if you need something else, you need to accommodate it for a different purpose, you can easily rearrange the compartments and kind of restructure the bag to fit the belongings that you're bringing with you. And I know I had to do this with my trip. I restructured the interior of my bag, made it super easy to jam everything I needed in there. And yeah, I, I think it works out great. And you know, whether you're a photographer or not, I think Peak Design is excelling at their bags, their design, the quality of their products, and um, yeah, they're worth checking out. Now, yeah, I, I agree. But one thing that I would be remiss to not mention when we're talking about bags or stuff to carry your gear is a Pelican case. 
Now, ooh, I am someone who does not travel light. Oh, wait, I... wait, wait, Gabe. So, so this is a case to carry a bird. Is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, Destin. I mean, duh. I don't. I'm not gonna pack my pelican case in my heron bag. Like, obviously not. Only Sorry, an idiot that would do that. Dumb question. Okay, but anyways, I don't. I don't travel light. You know, I always think, oh, let me just pack a couple things. No, I end up with a forty-pound backpack. You know, a, a fifty-pound maxed-out uh, luggage, and then uh, another carry-on. So the yeah, pelican Gabe's packing when he yeah. packs. I'm packing, man. I'm coming with everything I got. So I usually will have, yeah, I'll have my carry-on, my personal bag, as I call it, for flying, which is usually my Peak Design messenger bag. And that that is what I stow under the seat in front of me. And then for my carry-on luggage, I'll actually usually bring my Pelican case, which is, uh, there's various sizes for them, but basically it's a hard shell case that has foam on the insides and you latch it shut. And it's very good at protecting what you put in it, basically, you know. And I bring it on as a carry-on because I'm not comfortable, you know, putting a drone and, a, you know, camera that totaled possibly over five, $6,000 in the luggage and checking it and letting it just go through wherever, you know. It goes on its own journey down there. We don't know what happens in the abyss of yeah. the airport terminals. I, I do not like that. So I say, nope, you're coming with me. Uh, it has nice wheels on it, a little handle, the one I got. And I wheel it around with me. I've put all the stickers on it from the various products I've received. So I'm wheeling it around and people are like, yo, this guy looks like he's a professional like DJ or photographer or something. Kids are like, and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not. But whatever. Think whatever you want. It, I feel cool and I look cool. And that's all that really matters, right? It's not about the functionality. No, it is about the functionality. Most importantly, I've never had any issues with it breaking. Uh, I've had it for over six, seven years now, this Pelican case. And I've used it on all my trips. The only thing I would mention is I have a friend who's shorter than me. Uh, I'm 6'5". She's about 4'10", so substantially shorter. Uh, and she got a similar case. And the problem she has is a lot of times they ask her to, when she gets to the you know the gate to board the plane, they'll say, oh, you got to put it underneath. You know, they check it at the, at the luggage ramp and you'll get it when you come back. And I've had to do that, I think, once. I'm never comfortable with it. But the thing with me is I think because I'm taller, they don't think that the uh, Pelican case is as big as it is. And so I get away with bringing this bigger case in where she, because she's only 4'10", they look at that and they're like, oh my gosh, that's a huge you know, case. She can't bring that on the plane. And they make her put it underneath. Uh, that's something I would not have expected. Uh, how, like, how much is a Pelican case? How do they compare with some of the other options we talked about? They're definitely more expensive and you don't have to Pelican's not the only brand out there. I just want to say, you know, there's a company called Nanook that's pretty good. Uh GPC is good for if you're looking for specifically for something for drones or a DJI product or something like that. Uh the one I have I think cost me around $215 or so. They're generally in that range of the high like 175 to 250, 300. Uh but they are like I said if you're carrying gear that's worth um, a couple thousand dollars it's worth it to have something and you travel a lot it's worth it to have something that's you know can protect your stuff pelican cases will protect your investments i think they're waterproof too right like some of them if you if they would just float down a river or whatever yeah they're waterproof they're usually have a pressure gauge in them or something so they're you know they keep pressurized and yeah they they really they there's a reason that a lot of uh, professionals use them for gear and they la they last that's the thing for professionals at traveling and not necessarily at uh, 
photography or, or video work, um, I actually was just gifted the away luggage. And, you know, as someone who's a more casual traveler, I think away is a really compelling option. Like Gabe and I talked about with the external battery banks, what makes away special is they have a rechargeable battery bank built in to the luggage so you can stay juiced up while you're traveling. And um, they're durable, they're well-built, they have uh, you know great design, great warranty, great return policy. You can travel for the first 100 days, and if anything comes up, they say you can just return it. So I really enjoyed using that luggage while I was traveling. Um, if you need something for your clothes or something more casual, you can consider checking a way out. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what I was rocking. I was walking my Peak Design backpack for my carry-on, my away luggage for... Uh, the big bulky stuff that I checked. Yeah, on the and plane. I just want to mention with the way luggage, they are very expensive compared to oh, other suitcases. They're, they're up there. I think it, it's kind of like peak, though. I feel like you do kind of get what you pay for. Well, what I would, yeah, it, that, I think it's that. But also, I would say that you know, consider all right if you go to you know, I uh, personally TJ Maxx has been where I bought a lot of my suitcases because uh, they're generally very cheap. If you buy you know a TJ Maxx uh, bag or or say you order it online, Samsonite even, and you know get it on sale. If you buy that, uh, and then you may not have to replace it after a year or two, uh, you, that's gonna you know the costs add up. Whereas if all right, you buy an away bag, they have a they have a hundred day trial period, but they also have a lifetime warranty. So they're really standing behind their product. So if it ever does break or something, you got a new bag coming to you. So it's really one of those things where you buy it, and it's meant to last. And that's, yeah, hopefully they'll save you money over time. And also, it, it's, they look nice and they're, uh, how do you like it, Stetson? I loved it. I thought it was, the wheels were so smooth. I was just able to glide through the airport. It had a exterior shell that was very hard and robust. It had two compartments on the inside, one for clothes that you could compress down, one for larger, bulkier items that you could just zipper shut. And this is cool. It has a laundry bag. So when you have dirty clothes, instead of just having them sit and, and mix in and mingle with your clean clothes, you can zipper them up in this dedicated laundry bag, keep your clean clothes clean, and keep your dirty laundry contained. It, it, was, it was, you know, I really had fun traveling with it. It was cool having such a great experience, and their branding is on point. Yeah, they're not a tech company, but they kind of market themselves. They're kind of like an all brands or... I don't know what other um, companies. What other companies? Can you think of any? Any companies like, that what? That are that are kind of that similar like tech marketing, but not a tech company. Uh, I guess the the ones I see in my feed are like Allbirds. Uh, like all brand, they're really good. Allbirds. At like, that's what I meant. Not all yeah. brands. <laughs> <laughs> I was like maybe Brandless. They're a food shopping. Quip I, is kind of like that. Quip, too. Yeah. yeah. Like aggressive online market. I don't know. I, Away is one of the products I've been very happy with that I heard a lot about. Um, and if but you I, listen, I think that's also if you travel a lot. If you travel a lot, absolutely. Like if you, if you are just going on a trip once in a while, yeah, you can totally rock. I have another uh, case from TJ Maxx. You know, it works great. It'll get the job done. Um, and, and that's it. And Gabe, for, for, photo well, for photographers, I just want to, before we move on to other stuff, I think uh, if you're more doing the more rugged stuff, I would look at the low pro cases. I've had pretty good success with their cases. They're rugged. They hold up to any abuse you have, and they have a lot of different designs. So you can get really the bag or backpack that you need to fit, whether you're going out like hiking 
serious hiking or you're just taking day trips and you want, uh, you know, a bag that's going to withstand some, uh, you know, rain or something like that. Yeah, I, I just I buy bags and then I bring them home and then I abuse them. Oh, I gosh. step on them. I zip them. I don't know. It was just funny. You said it could withstand abuse and I just thought of that. Oh, yeah. I, I'm BDSM with my bags. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Gabe, we're, we're on the airplane. Hold on. I just have to have a rant um, personally. Whoa, whoa. new yeah. segment, Gabe no, rants. No, don't even, I'm going to, don't make me rant about us having too many segments. So this isn't even a segment. This is just me wanting to rant about something that I've been thinking about a lot lately. Spotify. Now, Dude, what's wrong now you, with Spotify? Now you might be thinking, where are you going? Is the design wrong? Is no. The, my problem with Spotify and other streaming platforms is how they pay the artists. Now, the whole system of paying artists has really just been hacked in the past year or so uh, by this guy. I don't know if you've heard of him called Lil Nas X. Sounds like a speed boost for a yeah. car. If unless you're really into pop music and hip hop in that zeitgeist, you probably haven't heard it, but I'll sing a little bit. It's like, let me take you down to the old town road. I want to. Yeah, that's about all I'm going to sing so we don't get claimed. Uh, yeah, he had this song called Old Town Road that was released it was a crossover type hit, mainly hip hop, but had a definite country twang, especially when they released a remix with Billy Ray Cyrus. But that's not, we don't care really about the music. What we care about is the format and how long they are. Lil, uh, guess how long Old Town Road was? Three minutes. Uh, that's what I think. No, a minute 51. Okay, under two minutes. Under two minutes. Now, most songs are at least three minutes. Sometimes you'll get a song that's kind of short and it's like 250. Some songs are even longer. I mean, you had Kanye West. Uh, what, I forget what was his song. On the Life of Pablo. I think, wasn't there a song? Seven minutes, eight minutes? Like, yeah, there's, there's some real artists out there pushing songs four or five minutes. And the problem that with Spotify, I'm getting back to Spotify, don't you worry, is that Spotify only pays per listen. They don't pay how much is listened. They pay, all right, you listen to half the song, that's one listen. You listen to two times through the song, that's two listens. They don't pay, oh, you listen to eight minutes of Kanye and only one minute and 51 seconds of Lil Nas X. If you listen to Lil Nas X eight times, and that's only, what, you know, like 16, 15 minutes, and you listen to Kanye West's song twice, and that's, you know, 16, 15 minutes, that's eight, eight times pay, which is, I think they pay like 0.043 cents per stream for Lil Nas X and only two of those pays for Kanye. Now, granted, it's not about whether Kanye needs the money or not. It's about that the system is being hacked by artists like Lil Nas X who just released a brand new album. And guess what? Only two songs are over two minute and 30 seconds long. So, so it sounds like you're saying artists can game the system by releasing shorter songs that receive more plays overall than some of the other exactly. artists pouring their heart and soul and effort into longer songs that are potentially higher quality, uh, they're just not getting compensated in the same way. Not even necessarily that they're higher quality or not. It's just like it's it's you're you know creating a full length film versus you know a little song. But it doesn't end there. The thing, if just and I'm going to do a brief course on song basics of like song structure. Usually songs are written. You know, you'll have a chorus, verse chorus verse bridge and then a last chorus so usually you get about three choruses per song that's the standard structure sometimes you'll start with the verse then chorus verse chorus something in the middle and then a, another last chorus what Lil Nas X is doing which is kind of genius honestly 
So he's only doing the chorus twice. So what that means is we're so used to hearing a chorus three times, sometimes even four times, that you hear it twice and you're like, I, I got to hear it again. I got to hear it one more time because now it's in my head. So you hit repeat and boom. Then by, you know, uh, 45 seconds in, you've already listened to half the song and there's an, he's getting two plays versus one play. It's pretty how, genius. How do you think Spotify should approach this problem? I think how they're going to have to approach it is probably pay by how much you listen to or at least factor that in possibly i'm not quite sure because if you paid by how much listen to maybe artists would just start creating ridiculously long songs they're gonna have to figure it out some way who knows if they ever will tackle it or if they'll just keep you know doing what it is because the problem is it's not very uh front focusing you know front facing with the consumers caring about it's more the industry who's having to deal with this would would you see them doing like percentage of the song listened to or just like overall time like oh i listen to kanye for eight minutes that should be the same amount of revenue as listening to little nas x for eight minutes well, i think they should possibly do it how i think youtube premium works where you know if you pay 9.99 a month for youtube premium or whatever it is now and you know say you watch uh you know one percent of your watch time goes to jenna marbles and you know five percent of it goes to philip defranco then and 90 percent goes to digital tech reviews and tips yep exactly or or our podcast you just leave it playing on our podcast oh no we're not monetized on youtube never mind but if, yeah anyways if you do that that's going to break down your 9.99 and send them up to those well actually it, i think youtube gets a percentage of that but whatever the percentage that's supposed to go to the creators it will be divvied up by your watch time not just by how many videos you watched that's that's brilliant i really like that solution so basically, you have your 100% of money that you're giving to creators, and whatever time allocation you have per creator is how that money is distributed. Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll see if Spotify ever comes around on that or something like that. Uh, it'll be interesting how, to see. How do other, like, how does Apple Music handle something well, like I this? Well, I think they're all paid very similar to that. They might pay slightly more or less, but it's all kind of a similar style. So that's, that's just the, I mean, it's just, a, this is a, an effect we're seeing of the streaming age and of the playlist age, they call it, where people rather than, you know, going searching out songs and artists are just putting on, all right, let me put on the hip hop playlist or chill hits playlist and playing through. And if, you know, you hear a song that you like, like you hear one song, like Lil Nas X has a song called Panini, only has two choruses in it. And I, I listened to it for the first time yesterday. And by the end I was like, hey, Panini. Don't you be a meanie. It's a stupid, stupid song lyrically and everything in it, but it gets stuck in your head and you're like, I got to hear it one more time because I need that chorus that third time. So yeah, that's my rant for today. Honestly, not much of a rant and more of just a like, this is something happening, but let's get back to travel tech. So yeah, you're listening to all these songs. You're now having ethical questions about how artists are being paid, but what, Gabe, what are you listening to your songs with? on the plane how how are you blocking out everything else that's going Block, around blocking you or, out all that spotify paying and all the dirtiness of the world and all the hate and everything yeah how do you how do you like what do you what are you traveling with what are you using to enjoy your audio i content? just put a i put a paper bag on my head i find that helps pretty so good. so wire is that wireless is that wired how? uh it's a bluetooth paper bag rechargeable lasts uh for a full lifetime until it gets wet um yeah, no, <laughs> I, I I think uh, the go-to for me, I got to say, Bose headphones uh, or possibly a Sony headphone. 
are for wow. over-ear headphones. Yeah, so I was doing a little bit of thinking on this. First of all, someone dreaming of the Bose 700 wireless headphones, yeah, getting a nice pair of premium active noise canceling headphones is really going to change the game when you travel. Your movies on... Wait, uh, rewind. Uh, active noise canceling. You want to go deeper there for people. Did I say that? Yeah, no, I just... Well, okay, all right, I'll go deeper there since you're oh, completely oh, oh, lost. Okay. I, you want explanation. Well, uh, yeah, there's a difference between a lot of headphones will say noise canceling. What you want to make sure for at least flying on planes and stuff is that it's this active noise canceling because a phone uh, headphones are basically naturally passive noise canceling in that the design of the headphones themselves will block out some sound, but active noise canceling basically means it has a set of microphones that will listen to the sounds that are happening outside of you and around your environment and will pipe in the opposite uh, wavelength of those sounds so that it's actually canceling out those frequencies. Gabe, thank you for that marvelous explanation. Yeah. This bottom line means... Golden shopping cart? Yeah. Worthy? Oh, possibly. It's wheeling towards Gabe right now. He can feel it. He's a shopping cart magnet. Thank you. Thank you. That's my 14th one, I think. So This means when you're traveling on the airplane, instead of hearing that monotonous hum of the engine and that kid crying back there, when, you slip these when. headphones on. Silence. Beautiful. Well, your music. Let your me music. take you down to Old Town Road. Or your infotainment system. Hi, welcome to the Digital Tech Reviews and Tips podcast. Wait, no, Pinch the Zoom podcast. <laughs> Gabe's starting another podcast. Oh, no. Yeah, sorry. Bye, Stetson. Uh, you know, I totally agree. It does really help quiet down, uh, you know, the surrounding noise and get rid of that droning sound. It's especially for that. It doesn't really do much to block out, you know, the kind of more incidental sounds and like, you know, sporadic noises. But it's better for like, yeah, car rides where you have that constant noise. And it'll just block it out. Uh, it's supposedly not actually the best for if you really care about audio quality, turn off the noise canceling because it is piping in frequencies that aren't in the song, you know, to cancel out the sounds that you're that's around your environment. So just a tip there if you really care about hearing the best audio quality. But yeah, it's they're game changers. I will add that sometimes some people do experience a headache when using active noise canceling headphones. But either way, you can just turn that feature off and they're normal headphones that have great audio quality. I, I actually, yeah, that's a good thing you mentioned that because I had a pair of Plantronics headphones that were noise canceling or active noise canceling before I switched to the Bose QC uh, 35.2 and I never had an issue with them. So it's, I think it's really, it might be how the br different brands implement it. Uh, it might be a you know personal thing. One brand is better for you. One brand's not, but yeah. Sony's right now one of the better ones and also Bose but you know there's also Beats by Dre they have their own noise canceling ones JBL and I think that's a there's a couple more ones but get get try them out if you can I would say get what's comfortable because you're going to want to be able to wear these for a longer duration of time and you know get what's going to work for you yeah and you're looking uh cost wise most likely I would always tell people when I was working at the Best Buy you're not going to get an active noise canceling over ear headphone for anything under really 150. This is true. And I will add uh, on my trip, we had a lot of, we went on tours and there were supplemental audio uh, guides that would go along with the tour. So we went on a, like a tour boat in Stockholm and they gave out really low quality, dirt cheap headphones so you could plug in and listen to the tour. I would recommend just bringing a nicer pair of regular wired earbuds 
and this will be great. You can, you know, have the comfort of your own earbuds and you'll get better audio quality and, you know, just a better experience when you're listening to uh, information on tours or, or in a museum or anything like that. Well, I think here's the now question. Okay, so yeah, you might be listening to your smartphone, but what if you want to watch a movie? Where are we? Are we on a plane? Are we on, on a, a plane, on a car, somewhere not, let's say they don't, a lot of them have inf- infotainment systems built in. Let's say you want to watch your own thing. What do you suggest? Like, do I bring an iPad if I'm already bringing a computer or a tablet? If I'm already bringing a computer, do I not bring a computer and just bring a tablet? What's the solution, Stetson? Help me. I need some help. Dave, I think we both know you bring everything. You bring your iPad. You bring your friend's iPad. We're talking about, yeah, I do. I steal someone from uh, something from the seat next to me. You know, yeah. But you just pile it on. I bring a broken one just for fun. In, in all seriousness, here's what I think. I had to take my computer and my iPad because I needed my computer to do actual work. However, we talked about iOS 13 in one of our previous podcast episodes. Apple is making iOS 13 on the iPad. It's giving it its own operating system, iPad OS, gonna be significantly more robust. And my take, when iOS 13 rolls out, you will just need an iPad while traveling. You can use that for all your entertainment, for movies, for reading books. Well, I think we're, we're grossly neglecting and grossly showing our uh, d- uh, depth and uh, just submersion in the Apple ecosystem by not even talking about perhaps Microsoft, uh, their tablets. Microsoft has tablets. <laughs> yeah, the possibly the Microsoft Surface, a uh, very big tablet, very popular, if anything, revolutionized uh, the whole tablet and computer game. And now Apple's just merely putting a polish on it in their typical Apple fashion. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess I was talking about my 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 travel experiences as the shopping yeah. cart gets closer and closer to Gabe. Well, um, no, I think it is it is good. I mean, hearing the personal thing, but just for people, if you do have, you know, a, a Lenovo Yoga book, Yoga book, or you know, some one of those uh, Windows tablets, or even the Chrome tablets, which actually looks like uh, are kind of getting discontinued by yikes. Google. Yikes. But yeah, either way, it really depends on the work you're going to do, how long you're going to be there. But it's getting closer and closer to a tablet could be the only thing you bring with uh, on your trip. Here's my take, I guess. Regardless of which device or which platform you have, I think to get real work done, you need a keyboard. And you also need a device that's capable of running the applications you need. For me, I was able, Adobe released a fantastic Lightroom application for iPad. I had an adapter. I could import my photos with an SD card, make my edits, share them on social. It had I have the case so I can have a keyboard and type, um, and it's great for movies as well. So I yeah I think you want something that can accommodate the tablet form factor uh, because it'll be thinner, it'll be lighter, and it'll be more versatile while you're traveling. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, look for a case that if it if it's the Peak Design one, for example, just to go back to that. They have one that's a 13-inch messenger bag and a uh, 15-inch. So if you have a 15-inch computer, obviously get that one. If you have a 13-inch or you know smaller, get that one. And you'll find similar things with other bags from other companies. You know, they're marketed with how big their carrying size is for the laptop sleeve. Absolutely. And Gabe, I I remember ooh, ooh, hearing. Ooh, 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 pick me, pick me. One more thing I have. Okay, uh, Gabe. I oh, yes, I have a question. I see, hand up, hand up. Our, is that a our, question, our a comment, a concern? Yeah, uh, comment. I would also like to say, while we're on kind of computer area, storage area, 
get an SSD card for travel. If you're at oh all gosh, worried. Yes. Yeah. If you're a creator, someone taking photos, videos while you travel, it's not, you know, yeah, you might not really need to back up your card. You might have a, you know, 128 gigabyte, 256 gigabyte, but say for example, God forbid your camera got stolen, got lost. You dropped it over the railing into the Niagara Falls, for example. I didn't do that, but I know people have probably most definitely done that. Uh, It would really be a shame if all of your pictures that you've taken up to that point were also lost. So it's a good idea generally to back up your stuff as you go. If you don't want to have to bring a computer to hook up the SSD card to, I know companies like Western Digital and Seagate, I'm pretty sure, make drives that actually are wireless. And um, so you can connect a phone to them. And also, you can take your SSD card out, plug it in, and it just makes a backup of it immediately. So you don't have to bring a computer. Just take your SSD or SD card out of your, your computer or micro SD card out of your GoPro or whatever. Plug it in at the end of the day. It'll back it up, and then you're good to go to wipe it for the next day. This is a great, great advice. I brought my Samsung T3 with me, and, and that worked out really well. And, you know, I was able to, like I said, import everything to my iPad. Gabe, how, I know you use... Um, at least one cloud service for storage. Is that a viable option while you're traveling? It's really, it it depends. I mean, it, it's pretty nice to be able to, yeah, put it on your computer or put it on your, you know, tablet and back it up to the cloud. However, I find it sometimes unreliable because you don't necessarily know how good your Wi-Fi is going to be. So especially if you're dealing with video files and you're like, oh, I have, you know, 30 minutes worth of drone 4K footage. Yeah, your Wi-Fi at a hotel might not be able to handle that. I mean, it's slowly getting better, but it's just it's easier to be able to back it up directly to a hard drive. And then, okay, maybe you have a couple files you want to throw in the cloud just for extra safekeeping. You can do that as well. Those are good tips. Um, I think one of the last things that I was I was interested in, uh, Gabe. You know, when you travel, we're on our devices a lot. Do you ever do any any reading? No. What's reading? Like, you know, you're thumbing through like Reddit or Twitter. You, you see the, the words on the screen and then they hit what your What are eye. words? Gabe, what, 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 what? I, I, you mean like if I have, if I'm reading like B, it's like the, I see a B, um, and then I see B, hap, I see ha- the haptic feed. I don't know. I'm, I was trying to do like pictographs. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I totally get it. No, I don't really do much reading. I mean, other Clearly. than browse. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, that was a joke and we left that bit behind that failed. Uh, but no, I don't, <laughs> I don't do much reading other than like social media and maybe occasionally articles. Do you, are you like reading, you know, Apple books or something like that? Yeah. I, w- I mean, I was wondering, so, uh, this trip, I did two things. One, I brought an actual book. <gasps> Gasp. What? Exactly. Is it written on stone? Stone Pages, tablet? paper, papyrus? Oh, God, not papyrus, the font. Anyway, I brought an actual oh, book. Gosh. Yeah. And I purchased a book on Apple iBooks so I could read it on my iPad. Thought I would give it a try, compare them. I have some thoughts. Thought one, um, books, first of all, loaded with great information. No ads, which is super nice. I forget that, you know, after spending so many time reading online articles. Like, oh, my God, ads. Anyway. Books, a lot of great wow. high quality information. Um, and I would say I actually really enjoyed reading on the iPad. I love it because it's portable and thin. 
It's got a retina display, so the text is crisp and sharp. Do you hate staring at that backlit display, though? I do. That's the thing. So I love how a book is simply a book, and it's not a screen what about, staring at. What about at. a Kindle? That, okay, that's the other game. Do you read on a Kindle? Do you have a Kindle? I do not have a Kindle. I don't really read. I was actually going to say Audible is a good thing. Not a sponsor, but... Gabe, that's quickly possibly, tell us about Audible. If you, I just, you can do a free trial every year with them. So I'm using my yearly free trial of, trial of Audible and getting two free audio, audiobooks. And yeah, just listening to two books while I, you know, work or while I'm, you know, driving, something like that. It's, it's nice because you can feel like you're getting something done and reading a book, but you're not actually having to read, which is something I can't, I can't do. I never <laughs> learned to read. <laughs> Cries. So that, that's a great, that's a great idea too. I'm, I'm, from this experience, my takeaway is I'm deeply intrigued with electronic readers because of the form factor and portability. And, you know, I feel like if a device is going to get me to read, I think that's that's a huge positive because I think there's a lot of great information in books. I think I personally have forgotten that. Wow, that's that's that is a hot take. Did you just hot say this? A lot of information in books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, I can say it again in case it's you just, missed it. This was just real. I don't think anyone's ever f- thought that on the history of the earth. That is a brand new thing. Back to e-readers. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, the iPad worked. It. My eyes definitely felt strained after staring at it from watching like six hours worth of movies and then YouTube videos and then, you know, yeah, staring at the like new... Yeah, your eyes feel like they just want to crawl out of your head and, like, take a nap somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, staring at the music videos in Spotify because apparently it's now a video service. Oh, of course. Um, and then reading, it was it was a lot. So, um, I I was looking at Kindles. You can get them for... They start at 90 bucks for the quote-unquote all-new Kindle. Um, go up to 130 for the Kindle Paperwhite. Uh, you can get the Paperwhite for 160 if you want to jump the storage capacity from 8 gigs to 32 gigs. And this was interesting. Amazon is coming out with the Kindle Oasis, 8 yeah, gigs for color two. shifts, right? Yeah, so this basically takes Apple's color shift display technology. It will automatically adjust the white balance of the display based on where you're reading and um, starts at 250 goes to 280 for 32 gigs coming out july 24th um and it's water resistant two meters at 60 minutes which is ipx well i mean i know that's good for me because i usually do a lot of my reading underwater so yeah that that's gonna be a lot better than books i mean Uh, this gabe do you think this might work for you do you think you'll return to reading no I and anyways, if I do, the main reason I read is so I can not be on electronics device and uh, electronic device and yeah, Kindles. Unfortunately, even though it it's a lot nicer on your eyes than uh, LCD or OLED screen, still ultimately an electronic device. I would rather have that paper tactile feel. So yeah, good thoughts, good thoughts. Wrapping I, this up, what do you think is the essential, the one essential item for you while traveling? I think the one essential item is going to be the not not counting the bag. The bag is going to be that's a given. You need yeah. that you you're going to walk into the airport with an all, arm holding full. all your stuff in your arms. <laughs> Armful of laundry. Imagine just going for, yeah, going through security. Yeah, I'll just like dump this here. Um, yeah, like a like a professor in a rush carrying all their papers loose to class and just flying everywhere. 
I think my one essential, it's hard. I'm going to go with the external battery bank. I I hate you. That was mine. That, oh, I will come up I with switch? something new. Keep, no, keep talking. I'll come up with something new. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll stall. Give gave a little time. So the external battery bank, why? I didn't bring a European adapter. Couldn't plug in any of my electronics. External battery bank had at least two full charge cycles for my phone. I could use it conservatively, still get that juice. You know, it drains so fast when you're using Google Maps to navigate, when you're out taking pictures all the time. Um, and, you know, I really think if you're doing traveling, this is the accessory to get. It's a great gift idea. And, you know, Gabe talked about, we talked about Anchor, RAV Power. They have many different options for different capacities. And, um, you know, you can now get some that actually have multiple USB ports. You can charge multiple devices at the same time. Uh, I think, I think they're really great. This is, that's my essential. Like you can have a garbage backpack, you can have a low quality camera, but at least your device is going to be charged. You're going to be able to use the apps and services you need uh, while you're traveling. I would go a similar route. I, I thought hard and yeah, headphones are nice and it's like stuff like that. But really, I think when you're on the go, yeah, an external pat- battery pack is the one thing. Also, an extra cable or two or an extra USB adapter. You never you know, like, yeah, you never know when you're going to be able to charge. You never know what's the charging situation going to be like. You might have to charge two devices at once quickly. So always just having a little extra, you know, ability to, you know, all right, can I plug this device in here, this device in here? Maybe your, maybe your room only has one outlet and it's on the ceiling and you have to like, you know, you never know what it's going to be. I've seen some crazy charging situations. So yeah, you bring your, all your devices. And unfortunately, if you have even the newest gear, they're going to run out of batteries eventually. So unless you develop an arc reactor like Tony Stark that can run on nuclear power and, you know, be powered forever. Yeah. Bring, bring all the charging gear you need. Don't skimp on that. And that's where I would leave it. I, I like that. Um, I guess, you know, I would add many people are taking photos on their phones. I would consider a point and shoot. I think you'll really see improved image quality, especially if you're going to be making a photo book or something like that. Something to consider. Yeah. Uh, go one inch sensor, though, if you're going to go point and shoot. Otherwise, it's pointless. Boom, Thank boom, you. boom. Thank you very much. Thank and you the shopping much. cart has been awarded to you. Yeah, Gabe there we go. Oh, here Congratulations. It is. Thank you. Crowd goes uh, wild. Honestly, I don't even know where to put it right now. Having 14 full-size golden shopping carts, it's kind of running out of room in my house. But I, You'll think you know, of something. It's a, it's a problem you got to have when you're this good at podcasting and giving people good advice on consumer spending and technology speaking of good podcasting if you'd like to listen to any of our other episodes you can find us at pinch to zoom social media check us out at pinch to zoom podcast and at pinch to zoom pod on instagram twitter on twitter on twitter and also gmail uh if you want to email us a question we're probably going to do another uh listener question or way tech what is it we answer answer your your tech questions one of those episodes coming up so Send in your tech questions. We'll answer them. That's kind of what the name means. And otherwise, if you did enjoy this podcast, uh, so make sure you're subscribed if you aren't already. But that doesn't really matter. You can find us at any time. But pass it on to a friend who might be interested in technology. And yeah, have them give us a listen. That wraps up this episode. Thank you for listening. I'm Stetson. 
And I'm Gabe. And we'll talk to you next time. What? We'll talk we'll talk to you next time. That's was that not a good outro? Are we gonna talk to them? We're not really talking to them, we're talking to each other. We're talking at them? We're talking Is to each other. Is there another them in this podcast that you didn't tell me about, Stetson? Oh my god. There's uh, yes, we have an well, I mean there's another Stetson, right? Yes, another Stetson there is. Thank <laughs> you.